You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? What is up, party people? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. I'm so glad you are here. If you don't know me, hi, my name is Kate, and I am one of the two registered dietitians at Nutrition Awareness, a private practice here in Orlando, Florida, where me and another dietitian, Megan, who is frequently on the podcast with me, help people reach their goals using one-on-one personalized nutrition coaching. And I'm really excited to bring you this episode because it kind of gives you a sneak peek into how I coach a lot of my clients. Everybody has a personalized approach and this is a really rough structure. So if you are looking to find a good template to help you actually figure out what you need to do to change your life, I'm hoping this three-step process is going to give you some inspiration and a great launch pad to start. My goal for this episode is to really educate and motivate you how to set up a process and a long-term vision to achieve not only your short-term health or physique goals, but the long-term ones too. And and whatever long-term means to you is extremely relative. It could be, uh, you know, throughout your life. It could be in the next year, the next five years. It's kind of pinpointing what your short-term goals need to look like to achieve said long-term goals. But it's also going to be a bit of a reality check because there's a problem in America and this problem is the diet industry. And I sometimes have these weird feelings where I'm like, well, I'm a dietitian and I'm in the industry where I help people with their diets. But I look around at this billion dollar industry and I see this same marketing tactic used all over the place and it's just packaged in a different way, which is shortcuts to success, instant gratification. So what I mean by the shortcut or the instant gratification is a program or process tries to convince you that they have the secret. They have the pill, the program, the potion, the powder that's going to help you burn fat, gain muscle. And they show you testimonials of people who lose 20 pounds in two or three weeks. And it's just a very quick turnaround of quick results. But the truth is, these programs never show you the long-term outcome. They show you you, Kathy's results after using their meal plan process for one month. And they show how successful she was and how much fat she burned in one month. But what they don't show you is Kathy in a year. Is Kathy still paying for these prepackaged meals that are frozen and not very tasty and depriving her of essential nutrients and calories? No, they don't show you what she's doing in a year because there's a 99.9% chance that she's not doing their program anymore because these programs are designed to give you short-term results. And guess what short-term results do? They create testimonials, which therefore generates more business, putting more money into these industries' pockets. 
Is that making sense? I went on a bit of a rant here, but I think it's so important for us to know because a lot of industries do this. A lot of financial industries, business coaching industries, you know, get rich quick kind of tactics. They do that in the diet industry as well. And it just grinds my gears. So Megan and I's mission is to give you guys a reality check that real sustainable long-term health and weight loss goals are not quick. They're not easy and they don't happen overnight. For some people, depending on where you are in your journey, journey, it is going to happen faster than others. For other people, it's going to be slow. And for some people, it's going to be somewhere in the middle, right? That That's most people. That's the majority. It's somewhere in the middle. And so our goal is to help explain this process and keep you motivated along the way. Because, yeah, slow and steady means you have to stay consistent for longer. But that's a good thing. And that's a positive thing. And so I hope today's episode really helps reframe that for you. So one of the biggest problems I see with this three-step process is that somewhere in one of the steps, people screw up. And I'll go through each step of the process and kind of identify where and how people fall off and how to not be one of those people. But before I do that, this is the part of the podcast where I share a little bit about the Daily Accountability Program, DAP, we call it DAP for short. And DAP is our 30-day healthy habit kickstart program that helps you put together a nutrition plan that fits your lifestyle and holds you accountable to this plan so you actually stick with it and you can see those results. Oh yes, so if you have never heard Megan or I talk about DAP on the podcast or on our Instagram before, I can assure you that today will not be the last time you hear us talk about it. I mean, we talk about DAP so much because honestly, it's the best coaching approach in the world. Maybe I'm biased, but really DAP, DAP, it's our baby. It is the most hands-on, personalized nutrition program I've ever even heard at, so I'm really proud to say that it's ours, that nutrition awareness. Over 30 days, we give our very select DAP clients a guided experience that helps them get crystal clear on what and how they should be eating and living their life to reach their ultimate long-term health goals. And we do it by holding them accountable the entire month with daily check-ins via text, video, and we support them all through this virtual program. Now, if you're a DAP client, Megan and I help you figure out what realistic changes and adjustments you need to make to your lifestyle, your diet, and your exercise routine so you can improve your relationship with food and eating without having to overly restrict yourself and feel deprived, which is essentially what those quick, fast weight loss scams do, the ones I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. We don't do any of that. We don't give you a cookie cutter meal plan template that we send to everyone and say, eat this, not that. No, it's not like that at all. We help you increase your energy and improve your mood and just make the days seem brighter because you're actually fueling yourself and doing good things for your body. We help you see and feel changes in your physique if that is what you're seeking out. And ultimately, we teach you how to stick to a consistent plan so you can meet your weight and health goals independently without one-on-one daily accountability of a dietitian because that's our ultimate goal for you. We're not going to be there holding your hand for the rest of your life or my life, whoever goes first, right? We want you to be able to eat like a normal person whatever that means to you, and reach your health aspirations without checking in with us daily. So our goal is to set you up for success 
through this 30-day cycle. And some people do one 30-day cycle and they're set and other people do two or three in a row. And I have a few people that did a few and then they've entered a new season in their life and they just jump back on for a month. And they do another month just to help them reset and hold accountable because their life situations changed and they need a little support. So everybody's different. But we are aiming to ensure that you master daily habits and steps that it takes to become a person who leads a healthy lifestyle seemingly effortlessly. But before it can become effortless, you have to put in the work. That's just the facts. That's the reality. And DAP makes sure you do that. We're in your pocket, not literally, right? We're in your phone pocket, holding you accountable every day to your goals, to meal prepping, exercise, your food choices, your sleep schedule, whatever it is that you need to work on. That way you have no choice but to rewire your brain for success. Now I want to be really clear again, this is not a quick fix. That's the point. I don't want you to be losing 10 pounds in 20 days because I know after the program, you'll regain all that weight back and then some. Quick fixes don't work, but intentional, gradual change does. So in DAP, we help you narrow in on what those changes for you need to actually be so you can move the needle and throughout the 30 days, we can adjust what those goals and daily actions need to be depending on if something is working and it's too easy for you and you need a challenge or if something's a struggle and we need a little bit more TLC in that area. We are going to be in your grill day in and day out because that's what we want. We want you to be successful, feel supported and empowered to make changes that last a lifetime. And I want to say I had somebody who told me she thought it would be a program and she was scared. She thought I was going to be telling her what to eat every single day and measuring her and asking for daily weigh-ins every single week. But that's not what it is, right? We gauge your success based on your actions and the process, not the outcomes such as the pounds you lose in a day or the inches in a week, right? We measure your success on the process because those are the things that are in your control. If the process is a healthy balance of challenging and enjoyable, the positive outcomes naturally happen at the pace they're supposed to. In fact, I want to read you real quick this message I got from a current DAP client. She's in our September cycle, and she sent this to me on her third day of the program. She said, morning. So the rest of yesterday went really well. I'm honestly in shock how easy the last two days went. I thought I'd be wrestling with cravings and teaching myself to stay away from the drive-thru, but just changing the food I'm eating, and I feel like all of those struggles have just magically disappeared. Which is incredible. I mean, that makes me really excited. So if this sounds like a treat for you and something you want to check out, head to nutritionawareness.com backslash coaching. On that page, you can read more about our philosophy at Nutrition Awareness, our pricing, our coaching options. And if you scroll to the bottom of that page, you will see an application for the daily accountability program. It's at the very bottom. Click that little button and fill out a free five to 10 minute application. Within about two days, Megan and I will reach out to you directly and personally, either inviting you to move forward with the application process or directing you in a way that'll best suit your needs. If we don't think that DAP is the right fit for you, we're not just gonna leave you high and dry, we're gonna give you other options. Again, I will leave that link to the application in the notes below, but it is nutritionawareness.com backslash coaching. Okay, let's talk about today's episodes, the three steps to a successful long-term outcome. So this is for you if you are trying to achieve something 
in this context, of course, we're going to be talking about health and wellness and nutrition, but really you could apply this practice, I suppose, to many areas of your life. I mean, you could be applying it to your business if you're in business or to a personal habit. Maybe you want to be more tidy or maybe you want to be more organized. Perhaps you want to make more time in your life for relaxation, personal reflection, meditation, whatever it might be, this process is going to help you. And this, I would say, is a skeleton approach I use for like 75, 80% of my clients, whether they're my in-person local coaching clients or the virtual people I see through the daily accountability program. However, it is important to me and Megan to personalize everybody's nutrition plan to them. So there might be someone who this process just isn't the best approach, uh, or maybe they are already within this process and don't really know it, and we meet them halfway. So we might start from a different angle or halfway through, but for most people, this is a great place to start. All right, so the first step of the process is to plan. Okay, and that's pretty vague. So what do I mean by plan? Well, I don't just mean plan out your meals for the week. You need to plan your long-term vision. Long-term vision. What are you actually working towards? So many times when people come into my office or if we jump on our first initial call, I ask them, you know, what are you trying to get out of this? What made you look up a dietitian? Why are you committing to this? And half the time, someone will give me a very generic answer that they fluff up with fun language. So they might say, you know, I just really, I, I want to be healthy. Uh, I don't feel good. I'm tired. I'm 30 pounds overweight. I just want to be healthier and I want to lose weight. So I'm like, that's great. Okay, so that's a very broad example of what you're looking to experience, but it's got a negative undertone. And instead of focusing all these things that you don't want to be, you don't want to be tired, you don't want to be overweight, you don't want to not feel healthy, we have to flip the script and get really crystal clear on what you want. And then we get uber specific. And so I really like people to go into detail and I'll pull out questions. But if you are on your own right now, I really encourage you to pause this episode and come back when you've got a pen and paper and you can actually brain dump all of the things that you want. So what does that look like? How do you want your body to look? How do you want your physique to look, right? Be realistic with yourself. So if you are 65 and you've had three babies, okay, your physique probably is not going to look how it did when you were 18 years old. Let's be real. But what is something that inspires you, that makes you want to work hard, that lights a fire if if you're looking to change your physique? What does your body look like? Not just, I want to lose 30 pounds. Really get into detail. Where do you want to lean out? Do you want to build muscle? Do you want to build some lean body mass? How do you, because that's going to help us figure out how you need to train. Or if you're trying to put on weight, maybe you're underweight. Well, how much weight do you feel you need to put on to feel most comfortable? What kinds of, uh, you know, clothes do you want to wear? How do you want to dress? How do you want to appear out in the world? And what kind of physique is going to make you feel confident in those clothes? And not just talking about how you look, how do you want to feel? So many of us focus on, oh, I feel tired and I feel exhausted and I don't want to feel this way anymore. Well, yeah, no, me neither. But how do you actually want to feel? Like, what are you working towards? What's that outcome? Do you want to wake up feeling energized and not feel like you need to rely on coffee or energy drinks and stimulants? Do you want to wake up feeling excited for the day? Do you want to have energy all day long? 
Do you want to have energy to go to the gym and do things outside and not just sit on the couch after work and not move until you move from the couch to your bed? How's your mood? How do you want your mood to feel? Do you want to show up in the world as somebody who's positive, who's energetic, who's excited, who's a light in other people's lives? Instead of saying, I, I don't want to feel tired and cranky all the time, say how you really want to feel. And then also consider how do you want to feel at your workouts? How do you want to feel from a fitness perspective, if that's something you're looking to? Do you want to hit certain milestones? Are you trying to achieve certain fitness goals? If you're looking to improve a health outcome, instead of saying, I don't want to have high blood sugar anymore, I'm pre-diabetic, I don't want to be pre-diabetic anymore, well, where do you want to get your numbers? Where do you want your average fasting blood sugar? What do you want your hemoglobin A1C to look like? Where do you want your cholesterol to be? And even if you know what the normal limits are, make sure you write it down on paper and focus on that. Instead of saying, I don't want to be out of range, I don't want to be XYZ, focus on who you want to become and how that person shows up in the world. Get really crystal clear. You know, one thing that I have a lot of clients who really, really focus in on, whether they know it or not, is improving their relationship with food and breaking the diet mentality. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, or even just a couple of the other episodes, you know that's something we talk about a lot. Breaking this diet mentality. So if you are trying to improve your relationship with food, even if that's in a a conjunction with another kind of more physical or health-related goal, what do you want your relationship with food to feel like? When you go to a Mexican restaurant for dinner, do you want to feel tense and stressed out and worried about the chips? Probably not. So instead of just focusing on what you don't want to feel, how do you want to feel around those chips? When they set the chips and salsa in front of you and they ask if you want a margarita, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel in control? Do you want to feel like you can enjoy some chips and not overdo it? Do you want to have one margarita and then stop or be able to decide whether you really want it or not and not feel deprived? Do you want to be able to stop eating a meal when you physically feel full? Do you want to be able to order what you want at a restaurant and not feel like you need to drive or, you know, eat the whole thing in one sitting and stuff yourself? Or do you want to feel like you can order what you want at the restaurant instead of something that isn't going to satisfy you so you don't feel the urge to binge eat at home or go through a drive through or completely, quote unquote, blow it over the weekend? So I think I've kind of hounded this whole system, but what I mean by plan is you actually have to figure out what it is you're working towards. What are these big ultimate goals? And here's where I see some people either thrive or they just are too lazy to even take time to schedule in a planning session. And I tell you what, if you don't know what you're working towards, you're not going to get very far and you're pretty much screwed. So that is the number one thing. Now, that is planning part A. Planning part B means, okay, how do we take these big, giant outcomes and break them down into bite-sized, actionable steps? Meaning, okay, let's say you want to improve your relationship with food. And you've described all the things you want to be like, how you want to feel like around food. Well, then we have to look at what you're doing now and start making reasonable changes. So if you are currently on a restrictive diet that you've been on and off for for months and you're not getting anywhere, well, the first step would be, well, let's completely ditch this diet because we can see it's not serving you and it's not serving your greater purpose. An example might be a low-carb diet. Uh, Let's say you've been following a low-carb diet and every time you start it, you think it's going to work, but at the end of the day, you feel victim to carbohydrates, sugar, snacks, drive-throughs, whatever it is, and you give in eventually. 
And for some reason, every Monday you keep starting this new low carb diet, whether it's packaged in a different kind of diet plan, or maybe you're taking a new approach, maybe you're throwing in some fasting in there, or you're just saying no sugar or no white foods, whatever you're still restricting yourself. So the first step would be to not diet and figure out a new approach. And that's what we do for people in the DAP program and with our coaching. We help them figure out, okay, what are you actually doing wrong and how should you be eating so you don't feel like you can just, that you need to binge on a bunch of crap at night. So figuring that out. Now, here are a few things that I see happen in this planning stage that I would consider self-sabotage. There's two things. First is something I call analysis paralysis. Say that five times fast, analysis paralysis. And I think I'm gonna make a bigger episode about this concept, but essentially it's where we go on information overload. We get on Reddit, we get on YouTube, we get on blogs, we get on Instagram. And as soon as we commit to some kind of program, somebody starts preaching the opposite. Or they say that this is going to work and this is the thing that works and don't eat that and don't eat this, but instead eat this way. You know what I mean? You just get all this information and it all contradicts each other. I tell you what, for every single method out there that seems a bit unorthodox, there is an opposing method, right? I mean, you've got people saying eat intuitively and never track anything, just eat what you want. And then other people saying, no, the only way to do it is by counting and tracking every single morsel of food. And then you've got people who eat plant-based and they're vegan and they swear by it and other people who are carnivores. And they literally, if you've never heard of the carnivore diet, they only eat red meat and salt. So for every opposite or every, I don't know how to say that, for every something there's an opposite, right? And if we start getting all of this information, then we do nothing. We analysis paralysis, we feel overwhelmed, we feel confused. So we just don't take action and we stay the same because it's confusing. You think you're doing something right and somebody on the other team says, hey, no, this is what you should be doing. No. So I would encourage you, if this is you, if you are on weight loss forms and groups and all that crap, knock it off. But seriously, you're going to keep sabotaging yourself if you keep looking at contradicting information. It's, It's going to mess you up. So stop that. In fact, I had a new client come in this week and I had made her write down all of these food rules that she has heard, followed, or subconsciously believed. And I mean, it, it's a huge list. I have it here in front of me. I, I don't even have time to, to go through all of them, but they're all there's, there's a contradiction for each one, right? Eat low fat, and then something else says eat low sugar, low carb. Well, how can you eat low fat and low carb and just protein? Like, that's not realistic, <laughs> you know? Or don't eat anything that ends with O-S-E. Okay, so fructose is in fruit. So should you not eat anything that has fructose in it or lactose? That's dairy. So then you'd have to eat no fruit, no dairy, no sugar. Is that realistic for you? Probably not. Okay, so that's just an example of over information overload. And so when we had talked about this together, we, I kind of asked her, I was like, well, do you ever feel like these excuses, these are just excuses, these diet rules are just excuses for you to continue making poor choices? And she was like, yeah, you know, I looked at the back of a health bar, a kind bar, and saw it had X amount of grams of fat, and I always thought fat was bad, and if it comes in a package, it's bad, and I shouldn't eat it, so I figured I might as well just eat a candy bar. And we know that a kind protein bar is a totally different concept. It behaves differently in our body and serves us differently than an Almond Joy, right? But if we let these uh, information, these false concepts when it comes to healthy eating get in our way, then we end up just making old, poor choices again, and we don't get anywhere. So 
that is analysis paralysis. The second thing that keeps people from planning is perfectionism. Uh, they feel like they have to have the perfect plan and they spend all this time writing out their meal plan and figuring out exactly what macros they need to eat and carb cycling and scheduling it all in. And that's all great and it works for some people. But what I see a lot of times is that A, it takes up a lot of time and it makes people think they're doing something. It makes them feel like they're actually getting somewhere when really they put all this stuff down on paper and maybe they buy all the ingredients or do it for a day or two. But as soon as they don't do exactly what they needed to do to plan or whatever they planned to the exact T, they just give up and say, why bother? I couldn't follow my plan. I might as well just do whatever it was I was doing before, or they just plan so much that they never take action because they convinced themselves they did something what they didn't. So those are the two big things I see happen in step one. Now you can probably guess what step two is, and that is consistent, emphasis on the consistent action. Action, action, action. Man, this is where most people mess up. Most people have a lot of fun planning things out or they enjoy it or they can even just get something down in terms of plan, but they don't actually take action. And if they do take action, they can't stay consistent with it. So here's why I see people who are unable to stay consistent. First off, their plan was poorly designed. They signed up for some quick fix bullshit and it wasn't sustainable or practical and they give up and they just start another bullshit program one week, one month later. So poorly planned uh, process that's not realistic. It's not personalized to them. It's a quick fix scheme. Don't fall for them. If your little gut voice is telling you, hey, this seems a bit too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> so don't even waste your time, money, energy, and also it drains your self-esteem. It makes you feel like you can't succeed when really, no, it's not you that can't succeed. It's the diet that you're following, the plan that is setting you up for failure. The second thing is laziness. People are inherently lazy and I'll admit that I'm lazy too, but I think a lot of times if we have a lazy day or a lazy moment, we have negative self-talk and we decide to give up completely or we convince ourselves that our laziness is actually okay, that it's actually okay you skip the gym three days in a row because you deserve it and you're stressed and you're tired and you're blah, 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 blah. Okay, so stop using your laziness as an excuse. We're all lazy. We're not motivated 100% of the time. I mean, the people you see that have the results that you're looking for, I guarantee you they're not waking up motivated and ready to kill the day every single day. They're just disciplined. There's a difference. If you're feeling lazy or tired, it's not a matter of if you want to do it. I mean, it's great when you want to do it. Don't get me wrong. Like, There's no better feeling than like wanting to meal prep and grocery shop and go to the gym and go to bed early. Like, That's wonderful, but that's not the everyday reality. You have to be disciplined and discipline comes with putting in the reps and that's where the more consistent you can be with your action and the more of that self-discipline muscle you can exercise, the more it becomes automatic and habitual and therefore you can be disciplined even on the days you don't want to. And the goal is that you're going to be disciplined and consistent way more than you are lazy. That's what happens over time. Eventually, your laziness to consistent and self-disciplined ratio tilts in the favor of self-discipline when right now it might be 50-50. The other thing I see kind of results back to the previous client that I was just talking about with the food rules. We use excuses, our brain makes up little excuses and we get in our own way. For example, you say, oh, 
I had one bad meal. I had, you know, I had Mexican food last night and it was Wednesday and I was not supposed to go out to eat until Saturday. Whatever, that whole cheat meal mentality, which side note is screwy. It screws with our brain. So you just decide, well, I'll start over next week. I already messed up whatever day it was. I might as well just keep it going and I'll start over Monday. Nope, that's just an excuse. That's you getting in your own way. That's you coming up with another reason to give up. That's what you're doing subconsciously. That, I mean, I just hate to call you out here. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. You say, oh, I already did this. I might as well just keep living life the way I want to. The fun, easy way that doesn't actually serve you or get you closer to that big outcome, right? Stop getting in your own way. You know, I hear this a lot. It's like, oh, you know, I was doing so good. I hate that terminology. People say I was doing so good. And then, you know, it was Thursday and my girlfriend called me and she was sad. So we had wine and we had chocolate. And the next thing you know, I felt hungover the next morning and I was going to make my healthy breakfast. But my husband offered to bring me Chick-fil-A biscuits and hash browns and then an iced coffee with the mocha chocolate and blah, blah. Okay. No, okay, if something's seriously important to you, you don't have to compromise for the situation. If your girlfriend calls you and she's sad about something, you don't need wine and chocolate to make it better. You just be a good friend and be there for her. And if she really wants wine and chocolate, well, let her knock herself out. You can have a small glass of wine and call it quits or just say, no, I'm sorry, you know, I got to work tomorrow or whatever. You can always come up with something, right? You don't have to cater to other people's problems. And if someone offers to bring you Chick-fil-A, yeah, it sounds good or whatever, but is it really genuinely worth it in the grand scheme of things? That's where I throw the ball in your court and say, you tell me. But if that's happening consistently over and over again, you're not going to make progress. And that's just the facts. When people say you can do those things once in a while, yeah, that's true. You can let yourself live your life and impulsively have something once in a while, depending on where you are in the process. But if you're using that as an excuse to give up entirely or blow the entire weekend or just keep going and going and whatever, then knock it off. I'm serious, you know? It's just the excuse mindset. And the other thing, the fourth thing that I see that throws people off in this consistent action part is that it was never really important to them to begin with. They said, oh, I want to lose weight, but they never really got crystal clear on why they wanted to lose weight or what that looked like. So that goes back to step one. They never got crystal clear on their planning. They never attached any real significant importance to the long-term outcome. I mean, I guess if if you could survey a hundred people and ask them, do you want to lose weight or gain weight or change your physique? I have a strong feeling that 99% of those people would want to improve their physique in some capacity, me included, right? But if there's no importance attached to that, if there's no greater picture besides just pure aesthetic or a want, then it's hard to stay consistent. You have to figure out why something's important to you and really attach meaning to that and revisit that meaning. An example would be if, you know, you are working to improve your blood sugars, right? You know that you are on, you have uh, diabetes runs in your family and you're young and you've got young kids and you want to be a good example and you want to be around for them and you want to be able to do activities with them. Well, that's a greater importance besides I just want to get my numbers down to a normal limit. There's a greater purpose attached and that is a lot more motivating than simply saying I don't want to have diabetes. Does that make sense? So to kind of recap the reasons why people can't take consistent action is because they don't plan right, their plan sucks, Uh, they're lazy and they let their laziness be an excuse, or they come up with other excuses to subconsciously 
allow themselves to revert back to more pleasurable short-term rewards and eating behaviors and because it was never important to them with begin to begin with. So when I work with people one-on-one, we come up with actionable steps to take every single day that are practical, realistic, and I hold them accountable to those goals and make sure that they stay consistent. But then the third part is the reflection of the process and not being afraid to make adjustments or changes. So a lot of times people can stay consistent with the program, but they don't take time to reflect and say, oh, is this program actually serving me? Is it giving me the outcome that I want? Is it getting me closer to that greater big picture that I designed in step one? And what I see happen a lot, and I know I'm guilty of this for sure, especially in the fitness realm, is ego. Ego gets in the way. We're afraid to call ourselves out and admit that maybe something that worked for us five years ago doesn't work for us right now. Maybe it will work for us again in the future, but right now, where how we're eating or what we're doing or how we're living just isn't serving us. And that's kind of hard to just call yourself out on those things sometimes because it sucks. Like look in the mirror and be like, oh, the past three months, you've just been wasting your time and running your wheels, you know, or spinning your wheels and not getting that outcome you're looking for. I mean, that sucks, but it's part of the process. You have to look at yourself and call yourself out on what's not working or call yourself out on your own actions. Maybe you're taking action, but are they intentional actions? Are you being as consistent as you could be? Are you being mindful, thoughtful? Are you really doing the work or are you pretending like you're doing the work? and not actually taking action that moves the needle. It is okay to be wrong. It's okay to call yourself out. In fact, I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to journal or look yourself in the mirror and be like, yo, Kate, you know, you have been in the gym four or five times a week for the past six months, but how many of those workouts are you actually pushing yourself? And if I, I mean, I did this, this is an example from my life. I was like, Kate, like, yeah, you're, you're just kind of going through the motions 70% of the time. Like you need to buck up. And so I'm exploring different options and deciding, hey, is my weightlifting routine still serving me? Or do I need to intentionally hire someone to help me? Do I need to go to a group training class that's going to push me? Or do I need to follow a more structured program instead of just kind of winging it like I have been for the past few years? Do I need to set some parameters to actually challenge myself? And the answer is, yeah, I need to do something because what's what's happening right now is, is just, I'm getting stale. So this could be something in your nutrition. This could be something in your sleep schedule, your diet. Are you doing something that isn't serving you? And be okay with calling yourself out and changing it. And in a similar vein, you have to revisit your vision. Time really goes by faster than we think. I mean, I think about what my vision was and what my goals were two years ago, and they are not the same anymore. They're similar, but they're not the same. The person I thought I wanted to be two years ago is not the person I want to be today. And therefore, I just adjust my goals, my plan, according to my updated, and might I say, upgraded vision. Again, sometimes... Our plan needs more discipline. I would say that's the most common thing I see. People need more discipline. But on the flip side, sometimes people are so strict to the point where they do not give themselves any room for flexibility and they try to control every aspect of their life. And when it doesn't go according to plan, they completely flop. So maybe you need more intentional flexibility. So some people need more intentional discipline and consistency where some people need a bit more flexibility. 
Another thing, I heard this the other day, this analogy, I thought it was perfect, was reflecting and asking yourself if you're taking shortcuts. Are you taking shortcuts? Do you have a plan? Do you have an action step? But are you cutting corners because you're impatient or you're being lazy? I know that I've definitely done this. I am a very fast-paced person. I like to move from one task to the next, and I don't think patience is quite a virtue for me. Um, So it's something I have to call myself out on. And the analogy I heard is brilliant. I think it really relates to the weight loss industry. Let's say someone gave you the best recipe for banana bread. Like this is like award-winning banana bread from the best bakers in wherever banana bread is most popular, right? I don't know, France, do they make that shit in France? I don't know, pastries, whatever it is. And you've got this recipe and like, it's just guaranteed to be the best. And it says, all right, in this recipe, you need three very ripe bananas. Uh, You mix all the ingredients together, the bananas, the flour, the sugar, the eggs. You cook for 30 minutes at 375 degrees. And let's say you're like, all right, I've got it. I know what I need to do, but crap. Like I have these bananas, but they're not quite ripe. Uh, I'll just put them in there anyway and shoot. Like I'm really hungry. So maybe if I just crank up the temperature to 500 degrees Fahrenheit and cook it for 15 minutes, I'll eat my banana bread faster. I'll get the results I want faster. But guess what? You pull that crap out of the oven and you've got a floppy, not very tasty, undercooked, shitty banana bread. And you either never make that bread again because you're like, dang it, this sucks. I suck at this. I can't do it. I can't bake. I give up entirely. Or you could say, all right, I got impatient. I wanted to expedite a process that takes time. Rome's not built in a day. Banana bread isn't baked in 15 minutes. I got to go back. I got to wait for my bananas to ripen. That way I'm in a good position. I have to preheat my oven to the temperature that they said, and I got to let it cook for longer because that's going to yield a better output. And if you can kind of put the pieces together and see how this relates to weight loss or changing your blood sugars or getting your cholesterol numbers to be healthy, getting your triglycerides where they need to be, you can see how this relates. When we want a quick fix and we take shortcuts, we end up with a shitty product and we either give up or we're not happy with what we've got, right? So one piece of perspective I want to put on this, if you're feeling a little bit doubtful, if you are calling yourself out right now and saying like, oh yeah, like I've definitely tried to take the shortcut before. Don't think that starting over from a more slow and steady perspective is starting from zero, right? You have experiences for a reason. You learn from these experiences. You can take something valuable to every failed diet. I mean, even the worst diets, we learn about our bodies from. Maybe you learned on a low-carb diet that high-fat foods do fill you up for longer and that you know you prefer meals that have more healthy fats in them because they keep your energy levels steady and it keeps you full. Or maybe you learn from intermittent fasting that you don't always have to have a nighttime snack after dinner, but long-term putting such strict rules on yourself is very mentally restricting and it kind of feels like you imprison yourself with what you can eat, right? So you can take pieces away from certain diets without having to follow strict crazy rules to give you quick instant gratification. I hope that's making sense. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, send me a DM on Instagram so I feel validated, all right? I am human, all right? I need validation. 
And the other last piece of reflection that I'll end with is really important. And that is, are you being as consistent as you could be? If you could audit the past 60, 90 days in your life, are you really as consistent as you think you are? Are you really hitting your goals more often than not? And by more often to actually see results, I mean 80 to 90 to 100% of the time. I don't think anyone's hitting them 100% of the time, let's be real. But are you reading them more often than not? And if you could write down the days and kind of audit yourself for the next month, that could be really eye-opening and help you see like, oh, you know, I thought that I was exercising more than I, exercising to the plan I said I would, but really in reality, I'm cutting corners, I'm not being as intentional, I'm making up excuses, I could be more consistent. Really audit yourself and take time to look yourself in the face, in the mirror, and be real with yourself. It's a good thing. It hurts, it kind of sucks sometimes. It's like, dang, like, man, I thought I was doing so good, but really, like, this is where I could be better. Most people don't do that, and that's why most people just stay the same or get worse, right? So, in summary, Step one, plan, get crystal clear, get crystal freaking clear. Don't overwhelm yourself with contradicting information. Don't try to be perfect, but create a clear vision and then start to break down the steps you need to take to get there. If you need help with that, hey, that's what I do. That's my bread and butter. DAP, baby, apply online. The second step is to take consistent action. Consistent action, call yourself out. There are lots of different systems for taking consistent action. Find one that works for you and don't try to come up with something else, right? Stick to something that works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Take consistent action. And the third part is reflect. Reflect every few weeks. Reflect daily. Reflect daily on yourself and reflect every few weeks and be real with yourself of, hey, do I need to change something? Am I being as consistent as I should be? Is my ego getting in the way? Am I trying to take shortcuts? Don't be afraid to be honest with yourself. I hope this episode was helpful. Guys, if you like this, what really helps our podcast grow is by sharing it with other people. I mean, I love if you write reviews, but my mission is not to be like the biggest podcast on podcast world, right? I mean, I'll leave that to Joe Rogan and call her daddy, but my goal is to actually help real people. So if you know somebody who actually could benefit from this, if you know someone who can't seem to stick to a program, who keeps flailing around, flaking out on themselves, coming up with excuses in a kind, loving way, share this with them. Say, hey, this really helped me. I think it could help you too. Uh, Share it on your Instagram stories. A lot of you guys have been sharing our podcast on your Instagram stories. And I kind of got emotional talking about it with my family the other day. I'm like, I really am just so thankful for everyone who's sharing this and, and giving us words of encouragement. But on the flip side, if there is something in this podcast that you think could be better, if you have any advice for me or any topics you want me to talk about, Also, share that with us, right? Because I want this to actually be beneficial and helpful. So I'm going to leave it off there. Guys, uh, if you are on Instagram, we are at nutrition.awareness. Share us, tag us, uh, send us to a friend, send us DMs. We would love to get to know our listeners and actually put out stuff there that's really going to help you. All right, I'm going to sign off, head to the gym myself. I will talk to you guys later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, keep it real and keep it healthy.